If the road to Heltonville in Lawrence County and the hundreds of other Indiana communities that dot our landscape could be paved with good intentions, we'd all be in great shape. Virtually everyone in the General Assembly recognizes that the state's roads and bridges need help and that coming up with a long-term fix makes perfect sense. The widespread agreement begins to break down, however, when the focus turns to funding the desired improvements. Some lawmakers are calling for increases in the state's fuel tax and for the imposition of new fees on vehicles. Others want to put the brakes on any such revenue enhancements, at least until the state backs away from sizable corporate tax breaks that are scheduled to be phased in over the next few years. Hi, I'm John Chuanis, and on this edition of Indiana Lawmakers, we'll delve into the debate over how best to ensure that our state lives up to its billing as the crossroads of America. Here's some background from Taylor Bennett. Thanks, John. Now, lawmakers have made long-term transportation infrastructure funding a top priority for this year's session. Governor Eric Holcomb outlined his next-level legislative agenda for the 2017 session on January 5th. Now, the agenda presented five pillars designed to address the key challenges facing Indiana. Number two on the list, funding a long-term roads and bridges plan. In his first State of the State speech, Governor Holcomb made another pitch for creating a long-term sustainable road funding plan. I will work with you to establish a plan that preserves what we have, finishes commitments we have made, and invests in the new projects for the future that ensures Indiana will remain at the crossroads of America. These include projects in every quadrant of our state, upgrades of US 30 from Fort Wayne to Valparaiso and 31 to South Bend, additional lanes on I-70 and I-65 from Jeffersonville to Crown Point, completing I-69 from border to border. Governor Holcomb stopped short of mentioning a plan driven by Republicans in the House to hike the state's gas tax by 10 cents to help raise $12 billion a year. House Speaker Brian Bosma wanted to hear more. Uh, no, he, he's just beginning the discussion, I'm sure. As Senator Long said, he acknowledged that current revenues weren't sufficient to uh, maintain our reputation as the crossroads of America. House Minority Leader Scott P. Lath offered a more critical view of Holcomb's lack of specifics on road funding. He is going to send the Republican uh, members of the General Assembly across the minefield, um, see which of them <laughs> see, see, see which of them take some shrapnel and then make the evaluation from there. Holcomb has said that he is open to new taxes and fees, saying existing sources of revenue are just not keeping up. For Indiana Lawmakers, I'm Taylor Bennett. Thanks, Taylor. Back in a moment with some of the key drivers in the push to overhaul the state's roads and bridges. Indiana Lawmakers, from the State House to your house. Purdue researchers are advancing manufacturing industries by developing 3D additive methods, leading through innovation and job creation. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org. The state of Indiana maintains more than 11,000 centerline miles of roads, including 14 interstate highways. It's also responsible for nearly 6,000 bridges across the state. Big numbers, right? Well, the numbers get a whole lot bigger if you include the roads and bridges built and maintained by county and municipal governments throughout Indiana. It's no wonder, therefore, that our aging transportation infrastructure is getting so much attention this legislative session. Joining me to discuss what's at stake are Democratic Representative Dan Forrestal of Indianapolis, the ranking minority member of the House Roads and Transportation Committee, 
Mark Lawrence, Vice President of Engagement and Innovation Policy at the Indiana Chamber of Commerce, and Justin Stevens, Indiana State Director for Americans for Prosperity, which advocates less government and lower taxes. And I thank you all for being here for a, what promises to be a lively discussion, I would think. Right. And we should have a disclaimer of sorts. The fact that we don't have any state lawmaker here with the designation R behind his or her name is not an indication of a lack of interest in this legislation. In fact, it's sponsored, as we all know, by um, Republicans who control both chambers in the House. But there's that thing in Washington. What is it? The inauguration, I guess. So they've, uh, most of the General Assembly on the Republican side has headed off using Indiana's highways and byways, I'm sure, to go to Washington. So that's why we're, we're don't read anything into the fact that, uh, that they're not here today. Let's talk about the, the roads and bridges and the state of, of, of those uh, structures here in Indiana. You know, the American Society of Civil Engineers, I think every four years, comes out with a national report card in the great states. And Dan Forrestal, where, uh, are things still bad? Are things get or getting better in terms of our roads and bridges? Yeah, I think, uh, I think when the report comes out, we're going to see that Indiana has uh, slid further down on the report card. Uh, I think that's largely agreed upon uh, by most people who have looked at this issue. It's probably why uh, infrastructure has risen to the top of uh, most critical issues that we should be looking at at the Indiana General Assembly. Uh, one of the concerns is how have we gotten to the point where over the past decade, uh, one of the most important things and, and functions of government, and really, really one of the most basic responsibilities that government has, how has it been mismanaged to the point where it is now almost got into a crisis mode where we have to do something and where now we have the largest tax increase, I believe, in state history uh, being proposed by a party that largely is completely opposed to any tax increases at all. I think that's the story that's well, largely been missed. What about, though, the uh, for folks who are listening and watching around the state, they might say, I remember last session there was this infusion of a billion-plus dollars uh, that the administration, the Pence administration, had Push through. There was new latitude, if memory serves, for counties uh, to to come up with additional funding for for those non-state roads and bridges. That was what just too little, too late. Uh, not I think enough. It, I, I think it was too little, and I think uh, that not all of that revenue ended up actually making it to uh, the local units of government so that it could be used. I mean, I think a lot of that was a lot of those numbers were based on. Uh, predictions that taxes would be raised amongst uh, municipalities and town councils and uh, you know areas like that, uh, and I don't think that happened. And I think the state really needs to uh, show some leadership here. Uh, but the you know my major concern, and I think the major concern of uh, my colleagues in the House Democrat Caucus is, are we being fair? Uh, you, you know, just want to talk about the tax issue. I, I'm going to get there. I do want to talk about the tax issue. Champion I think it's the most important issue. So much for setting the stage. I, I, you know, I got to say, I think it's the most important issue when we are talking about this, that, that taxes are largely going to go down over the next uh, decade for those at the very top in corporations while we're asking uh, you know, average Hoosiers to pay more. We're, we're going to jump in there. I just want to see, though, if we can at least establish agreement that roads still need yeah. work. You Absolutely. would say yes. yes. And let me ask you, Mark Lawrence, I mean, we all know we're the crossroads of America. We all know this. The, the, what is the motto uh, or the, the tagline? We're within a half day's drive of 90% of the country's population or whatever it is. Is that going to be a bad thing if people say, well, it may be a half day's drive, but I don't want to go any roads in Indiana. Are we going to lose our billing as, as crossroads? As well, that, or have we already? No, I don't think we have. I think the opportunity is there. I think that Dan talked about this being a long-term sustainable issue, and that's what the problem is. We have two basic facts I think that people have to acknowledge in this. Technology and inflation. If you look at back the last time the gas tax was raised in 2003, 
the inflation value of that's gone. The buying power has gone he down. He wants to talk about taxes, too. So you're okay. Right. 24%. <laughs> and the last time the diesel tax was raised is in 1988. And it's gone down to less than half of what it was when it was raised then. And then you look at technology. Uh, cars are getting better mileage today. That's great. But if you look at the gas tax as being something that's just a flat per gallon fee, people are going further and further with a tank full of gas. So therefore, the revenue is um, not coming in as it used to. So these are two long-term cash flows that we have to think about that, that are just real factors. Well, I did see one projection, and maybe it was yours, in fact, uh, your organization, which was in 2015, NDOT was looking at $750 million annually in revenue. That might, because of the factors you mentioned, uh, more efficient vehicles and, and the declining value of the dollar down to maybe $500 million, if, if nothing changes, that is, by, I think, 20 years from now. So well, that's what the 10 cents a gallon tax is being proposed right, right now, is really just to make up for the inflation, the buying power loss. But one thing to remember there, though, is even that increase, that 10 cent increase, is $300 million, and we're talking about a one point. $5 billion shortfall year to Which year. Which is the, the projected amount that Indiana needs to maintain a Correct. robust... Just to maintain what we have uh, is, I mean, the basic level is 1.5, 1.2. I keep seeing 1. those two 2, numbers yeah. fluctuate. But $1.2 billion, and that increase only accounts for $300 million of that. Where Where is right. the rest of it gone? You guys want to jump into right into yeah. the meat of it. So, <laughs> yeah. And we'll let the guy who drove the farthest today on Indiana's Thank highways uh, from Scottsburg. Well, you know, I think when we're talking about the, the need for additional funds, we, we say $1.2 billion, $1.5 billion, actually to maintain what we have. The study from Conexus says we need $289 million per year hmm. additionally. That's to maintain what we have. Preservation and maintenance, yes. That, that is to maintain what we currently have, right? So and that's only the state. That doesn't, that, that's, isn't that another that's 500 correct. million maybe for counties and, and... I don't know what the numbers okay. are there, but as far as maintaining what we have at the state level, 289 additional a year. So we're throwing around the $1.2 billion, but that is basically to fund every project that we've been able to conceive at this point that we want to do. Yeah, that's I, not actually, no, that's, that's not accurate. That's right, yeah. It's, it's $3.9 billion to do every statewide uh, project that we yeah. want to do, tier one through tier three in right. the Blue Ribbon panel, right. that $1.2 billion number is just to maintain... Uh, That's not is that the distinction the here? That, that it's what to keep what we have now, but others would say we need <clears throat> more lanes on I-70, we need more lanes on I-65, we need So, more. yeah. So, I mean, there are the tier one, tier two, tier three projects, and that is, um, that's where the $1.2 billion comes in. So you think the, there, the there's an inflation of the, the price tag. What, what's the motivation? In your mind, I mean, why, well, why? If everybody, both Republicans and Democrats, agree, and they don't agree on much of anything anymore, sure. as you would attest, why are they? Why are you saying they, they both have arrived at such a, a, a what you would see as well, a flawed I mean, number? Honestly, I think it's because a lot of people accept accept <clears throat> the numbers without really looking at it. I mean, to be completely honest, I think that's what's happening. We have this number being thrown around and it's being taken as gospel, but it's not accurate. Well, do you think the no. roads are? I mean, do you do you? Where do you stand on this? Do you think that Indiana needs? Better roads, uh, expanded roads. Let's start sure. there. I'm so here, here's the thing. At Americans for Prosperity, we think that maintaining roads and bridges is a core function of government, right? So it's not one of those things where we don't think the government should be involved in. So, yeah, well, I think we should maintain those roads, but I think we should do it. We should make them a priority within our budget. So here, here's one thing that people aren't talking about. We talk about the, the money that we are losing due to inflation. 
but we're not talking about the $400 million that is collected from the gasoline sales tax that's not currently being used for roads. It's being dumped into the general fund. So our argument only one, is... Only one cent out of seven cents, right? It's, it's, right. it's 14 to 15 percent. As a... As a Distinction, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that was in the House Democrats' plan last year. It will be in the House Democrats' plan sure. uh, this coming year. We think that is a common sense thing, and as I've uh, traveled and, and talked to constituents and neighborhood groups, they were all under the same assumption that I was that that sales tax was already dedicated to infrastructure. Well, if you look over the long term, too, it was in 2013 that they went took one penny from the sales tax, mm -hmm. and then to, uh, in 2015 they took two uh, penny and a half. So we've got four and a half cents to go. Mm -hmm. In 1002, there was a phase in over three years of the remaining four and a half cents of the sales tax collected from gasoline to go in the dedicated road funding. It starts in 20, or it, it, uh, it's fully phased in by 2021. But the, and the philosophy here, I know Brian Bosma, the House Speaker, was here a few weeks ago, and he's certainly been supportive of this. It's this notion, one of the things he's championing is not just additional revenue, but the notion that people know when they're at the gas pump where the various taxes are actually going, as opposed to, as you suggest, sort of the illusion that it may be going to states' roads We'd and like bridges to see and that. not. So you do want that. Sure. We'd like but, to see but it But that alone is not enough, is it? No, we'd like to see it immediately. That takes care of two things. That takes care of, of maintenance of what we already have, 289 extra a year. And it takes care of finishing what we started, which is another 80 to 90 million per year for the next 20 years. That would take care of those two things. And you guys think he's, his numbers are just off. It's not a matter of philosophy here. It's just a matter yeah. of... Correct. I'd say the facts yeah. are, and once again, there's been a lot of study on this by Cambridge Systematics. The yeah. first funding, road funding committee had exhaustive study on this issue. So <coughs> I think the number is fairly well pegged at $1.2 billion to not only preserve and maintain, mm -hmm. but also to allow for us to construct roads that we need and finish what we started, I-69, US-31, the Ileana Expressway. Uh, that's all built into $1.2 billion number. Then it Agreed. gets into a priority of Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3 projects that have been identified mm -hmm. and thoroughly vetted by NDOT in terms of the priorities. And that also mixes in the Conexus studies as yeah, well. Yeah, the projects that you're mentioning are some of the Tier 1, Tier 2 projects. Ileana Expressway is a perfect example. Right. So that's, that's lumped yeah, that's into the $1.2 billion. So the legislation that's on the table, and we've talked about the 15 or the $0.10 cent increase mm -hmm. in, the, in the gas tax. It hasn't been as noted raised since, what, 2003. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the, the $15 fee, additional fee on vehicles, all vehicles, and then, what, $150 <coughs> fee perhaps on uh, Fuel efficient or electronic electric. Uh, electric vehicles, so that they have some skin in the game. I, I presume that's the notion. Right. You. That's where you. That's where you part company with with well, the, the the legislation. Here's where we we you know House Democrats uh, part company with the legislation when we are talking about uh, having large corporations see their taxes decrease over the next couple of years by legislation we passed in 2013, this 2014. Is all being phased in for the next. Correct. What four years? Till 2024, yeah. I believe. Uh, to the tune of $650 million a year. I mean, we could get to half of the number that House Republicans want to get to without doing it on the backs of average Hoosiers by simply pausing the tax decreases in place, and that has been a non-starter uh, for my Republican colleagues, and we are, simply are flabbergasted a little bit as to why they are in such a hurry to raise taxes at the pump and to institute the largest tax hike uh, in state history. Mark Lawrence, yeah. what's wrong with his reasoning? Wow, uh, I'm not sure where to start, but I do think that, once again, if we look at this, we, and the road funding issue, and I think what's really core and fundamental in 1002, it's a user fee-based model. If I don't drive a car, I don't pay. Uh, that's where all that goes. In terms of the tax cut, not only corporations, but individuals do this. 
what has clearly been the largest issue for people are jobs. Indiana is now the fifth best business climate in the state. That's taken a lot of work to get there. Let's not diminish that. Let's, let's try to attract more businesses and allow businesses here in Indiana to continue to grow. That makes a lot of sense to me. What we're talking about here is a balance of, of funding, and there's been a series of tax cuts. We've had very good fiscal conservative leadership on our funds. We have a nice surplus. But that allows us to, our bond ratings are better, and our, the cost we pay for rating, finance, people bond ratings way better. I mean, this is all, this is lowers the cost of government. I, I got to push back a little bit on that. I mean, I, I keep hearing that from our, my Republican friends. What about the corporations? Don't we need to keep looking out for them? But what about average people? I mean, if we cut their taxes, if you were to pay average Hoosiers mortgage, I'm sure they would flourish and thrive too. And that's essentially what we are doing for large corporations while we have to raise taxes on my constituents, on Rep Solidays and Rep Bosma's It's really a user fee that they're doing. And that's the other thing, these, the, this twisting to call a tax, de a tax increase anything else, to call it a user fee, to call it whatever, and the, the, this twisting of themselves to try to get out of the no tax pledges that were signed. Well, uh, this has just been a political theater like I've never well, seen the new, before. The new, the new tax pledges, I mean, a couple dozen people in the House. 21. Uh, including, uh, I think, the, the uh, Ways and Means Committee Absolutely. Chair. And, and now the new, the new line mm -hmm. is, well, they're allowed to in this case. The pledge allowed for... Some audible. I know you're not Grover Northwest. Well, no ATR did come out last year and say that they they are not letting this slide by. They came out against uh, the tax increase last year, and I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing this year. It's a tax increase. Well, what are you? I mean, what, what is uh, AFP prepared to do? No, uh, well, we're going to do a lot of the same things that we did last year. We're going to activate our grassroots. We're having a series of town halls over the next week or so here. We'll be sending mail. We'll be knocking on doors. We're, we want to educate citizens about what their their legislators want to do. You'll be targeting individual lawmakers. Sure, I mean, we that's will. been a strategy. Sure, certainly. we will. Sure, we will. Yeah, we'll we'll be targeting certain individuals, and we'll allow them to explain their position. And they say that there's a, a large amount of public support for a tax increase. Uh, that, that's what they tell us. I can guarantee well, that it's not. Do we although some be, of the polling suggests that, if it's dedicated the, for that purpose. The, Again, is, but with the, the caveat that polling is... Did anyone is, in the is, 2016 election run on a $1.2 billion tax increase? Correct. Yeah, that's kind of... No one I that think. I remember. So, so this would put us in the same category as Pennsylvania, Washington, Connecticut, New York, Hawaii. We'd be fifth in the country, the highest gas taxes in the country. We're the crossroads of America. And remember, Indiana's you know, household uh, median income has hung... 39th and has remained behind the national average for two decades. And for all the cuts that we've done for large corporations, our unemployment rate has largely stayed with the national average for the last 10 years. So we have slashed taxes to near zero for corporations, and we have seen very little employment benefit. The, the bell curve uh, or the arc of the graph that, that we have shows that it never separates by more than 0.2 percentage points. You know, some would say, maybe, you know, split the baby. But good. Ease back a little bit the throttle on the tax cuts and, and draw from these new revenue sources. But, again, when Brian Bosma was here, when Brant Hirschman were here, they basically said, nope, line in the sand. They didn't say line in the sand, but that ain't going to happen. Yeah. And you would say that. There's yeah, no, I think there's, there's a no balance on there. No. We cannot argue with the need. The need's clearly there. Any Hoosier that drives on a road knows the need is there. You drive sections of, of the interstate where it gets downright dangerous because of the condition of the road or simply the amount of traffic going through is too much. Potholes, we, we live in an area where the climate freezes and thaws. 
Um, so and that causes us to have to do additional maintenance. Just here in the city of Indianapolis, for example, they have uh, the need for preservation and maintenance of our current roads, 160 million. Right now, they only have 60 million to work with. So you're, you can only spread the peanut butter so thin. But we, let me ask you too, what are you prepared to do? Your, the chamber obviously has some resources and, and also a grassroots network. We heard that Americans for Prosperity will be targeting perhaps and turning up the, the heat under various lawmakers who don't uh, toe the line. What are you prepared to do to make sure that this is an act of this session? Well, big things seldom get done by ourselves, okay? But what we have, a, there's a very broad coalition, includes the Farm Bureau, includes a lot of organizations with good, strong grassroots who basically need roads to ultimately have commerce happen, uh, manufacturing, um, and, all, and, and, and agriculture, they're, they're really, they realize the recognize the need for road funding and having good quality roads to once again, let's take advantage of our crossroads status here. So um, I would like to go back to one other thing. You talked about just immediately changing the sales tax, which is presently going into the, the general fund. The bulk of it. The yeah. bulk of it, yeah. So let's just say $350 million or so. Where are you going to cut? I mean, if you just do that right away, you're just going to all of a sudden cut education. No. You're going to you don't cut have you'd to backfill, right? You Where would it come from? You'd want to backfill no, with you, other resources? Yeah, or you, don't, the, you don't have to cut. Or the surplus? That, that's, or? The, uh, that, that's something that, that's been said that's misleading. All right, yeah. so where? We have surplus, a projected, no, no, we have a projected $1 billion increase in revenue over the next two years, yes. which would completely fill uh, the shift. If, of that's, gasoline if that's true. Well, I mean, we all know revenue we're basing our budget on, right? So that's what we'll base our budget on. Our president-elect guarantees that will be true. But the president-elect also says he wants to build a lot of roads and bridges. Is there any wisdom in just waiting until the federal government shows its cards? Before no, I think that the, the thing we've got to do, we've got to take advantage, and th more things get done at the state level, and they yes. do in Washington, D.C. I think we've yeah. got the opportunity here to make an investment in our future that's going to pay long-term benefits. And really, the pain of this is not that much. $5 a month is what's going to cost the average motorist. $5 a month. So that, Senator Kinley said $12 or $13 yeah. a month. Brian Bosma said 4 to $5 a month. I'm I talking about the, exactly the fuel increase. It depends, I guess, yeah. on, on your hand. I've, heard, I've, miles you drive, I've right? heard that number bounce around a little bit, too. But, I, you know, look, I met a constituent who pulled me into a hallway and asked me uh, point blank if I planned on supporting, you know, the increases that were going to largely just affect her. She was uh, in her 70s and said she had to basically split prescription pills against doctor's orders and said, I would like to be able to give more to roads. I just can't afford it. And I'm really worried that uh, I'm going to be in some serious financial dire straits if even the slightest amount gets raised on me. Those are the people that, that I'm concerned about that I think this tax increase could really hurt. And I also think that we are not asking for anything unreasonable. A pause in a large corporate decrease at the same time you are asking for a huge, massive tax increase is not unreasonable at all. I don't think. And I don't caucus, think Hoosiers uh, stay united on this. Now, Brian Bosma has said almost every major bill he wants to see passed this session, he wants Democratic support. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a nice thing because they have super majorities, Republicans sure. in the House and Senate. So really, you can go home now sure. to a certain extent. Uh, but it will will he get any Democratic votes? Do you think in, in if the House? There are a couple of uh, issues, namely pausing some of those decreases for the 1% so that the 99% can have a little bit of breathing room and maybe... Kind of what we talked about, maybe there's exactly. some middle ground. If that happens, then absolutely. We Democrats recognize that infrastructure is crucial, crucial to the economy, and crucial to jobs, and we want to get there too. But But shifting all of this tax burden onto the backs of average Hoosiers to do it is... Uh, you know, just a non-starter. Yeah, you know, we talked about one of the T words, and we're almost out of time, but uh, about a minute to go. 
let's talk about the other T word, tolling. The, the, the legislation that the House put, uh, the Republicans put forth would uh, require the Department of Transportation to petition the federal government for a waiver that would enable tolling sure. theoretically on all the roads. Sure. Is that something that Americans for Prosperity well, you know, would, I mean, that certainly puts the, the burden on the people who use it, right? It surely does put a burden, but here's the thing. We pay 18.4 cents a gallon to the federal government right now to maintain our interstates. But they're losing the same, for the same reason the state's money is dwindling. Aren't they f facing the same thing in terms well, of diminishing? Well, the, the point is we get money to maintain those roads already. We'll be double taxing those roads if we also put a toll on 20 cents a mile. It would have cost me $16 to get here. One thing I would say is the tolling is not for existing roads. It's for any new roads. It would be done, for example, additional well, lanes on I-65 well, or I-70. That's the idea, but is well, it the authorization? Okay, the the, important, thing, the important thing to remember is there's no legislation needed if this passes. Once that waiver is acquired, that's very important. it's up to, that's right. it is out of the General Assembly's, out of the governor's hands. It is on to bureaucrats. All right. Next time we'll talk about rail, aviation, ports. Roads consume everything, yes, I guess, <laughs> but they do have a way of doing that. I thank you all uh, for being here for this discussion. Again, my guests have been Democratic Representative Dan Forrestal of Indianapolis, Mark Lawrence of the Indiana Chamber of Commerce, and Justin Stevens of Americans for Prosperity. The problem isn't a lack of jobs in Indiana. It's a lack of skilled workers to fill them. Workforce development on the next Indiana Lawmakers. And time now for our weekly conversation with Ed Feigenbaum, publisher of the newsletter Indiana Legislative Insight. Ed, as I joked, you know, we did, the whole roundtable was consumed by roads and bridges. We didn't get to rail. We didn't get to aviation. We didn't get to the proposal for a new port. So I'm going to let you talk about those things. You just did, yeah. Okay, what, what, what we'll give on that front. Again, the, the governor's State of the State address was criticized in some quarters for not being sexy enough. But the things that he talked about were the things that are going to be important to Indiana over the, the, the next quarter century or so. We're talking about a fourth port down in Lawrenceburg. We're talking about you know, more bridges, the connecting I-69 from, from Evansville to Owensboro. We're talking about making sure that, that our water infrastructure, our, our pipes and, and sewer lines and those kinds of things you know, are, are good for the next century. And we've seen all kinds of, of issues with those around the country and even here in Indiana. And those are the kinds of things that, that do fall under the rubric of the roads and infrastructure program as well. And, and that not everybody is necessarily talking about at the same time, but those are important to the state. And one underlying theme of the state of the state was, let's look forward 20 years or beyond, which is, is, that, is it possible for members of the General Assembly who are elected for either two or four year increments to think that far in advance? I mean, we live in an instant gratification world. Well, they're going to have to. And I think that that's the mindset of this governor on, on virtually everything. And he, he's proposed a, a bunch of, of, of initiatives that don't seem to be really new, but are necessary. And the, the kinds of things that are, are really the stuff of government. And if people complain that, that we're not making bold steps forward, you know, you've got to pave the, the way with this kind of, so to speak, infrastructure. I was going to say, I pick up on your puns. Yeah. I, I like, and, and, you know, the governor did, he's been open, he says. It's all on the table about revenue sources. But maybe tolling makes him a little nervous. What do you, yeah. you saw the, the dust step over tolling. Where yeah, is that going to? Tolling's a tough one for the governor, but it, it's basically the, the way that the House Republican plan backfills the, the key amounts in, in their roads and infrastructure plan. What's been interesting to watch is the, uh, the amount of traffic on the, the new bridges in, in uh, Jeffersonville. Uh, Jefferson and Jeffersonville, yeah. yeah. Going over to Louisville, the, the two new bridges, and then the third one that, that they, they actually told as well, the old Kennedy Bridge. 
and the amounts of traffic going over there are just astounding, much more than expected. They sold out of the transponders, and that Riverlink program is, is really proving to be successful. So it looks like Hoosiers will accept that for new infrastructure, but it, it's going to be a, a tough road to hoe. It's going to take till the end of the session. We don't know what the, the shape of the, the federal spending is going to be, and that's going to affect what happens here with, with what they do at the federal level. Wait and see. Very good, Ed. Thanks, as always, for your insight. For more information, episode streams, and extra content, visit us on the web at wfyi.org lawmakers. You can access live streaming coverage of the General Assembly on the Internet as well. And remember, you can get our show on demand from Xfinity. Well, that concludes another edition of Indiana Lawmakers. I'm John Chuanis, and on behalf of WFYI Public Media, Indiana's other public broadcasting stations, and my colleagues Ed Feigenbaum and Taylor Bennett, I thank you for joining us, and I invite you to visit WFYI.org for more State House coverage. Until next week, take care. Purdue startup NeuroVigor, renewing hope for people with chronic diseases like MS and Parkinson's by targeting neurotoxins, helping people, changing lives. Purdue Research Foundation. Contact innovation at prf.org.